Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and every week I sit down with one or several members of our church staff and host a conversation about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission as the Church of Jesus Christ here in our city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome to the Bridgeway Podcast. We are in our fifth and final week in our series on how our core value of courageous faith shapes us as disciples. Um, I've given you the same call to action at the at the opening of every episode because I think it's so important. If you have not yet listened to the opening episode in this series where Sam Storms and I sat down to talk about how we define courageous faith, I would highly encourage you to go start there. Um, it was such an empower imp- uh, such a powerful discussion that we got to have and really clarified for me what we mean by courage, what we mean by risk, what we mean by faith. And so please uh, go back and listen to that. Um, through this whole series, we've been able to talk through how this idea of courageous faith informs what we do as disciples of Jesus. As disciples of Jesus, we we are called by the Bible to do certain things. Uh, we talked about reading our Bibles uh, as an act of rebellion to the world and an act of courageous faith. We talked about courageous giving and and where where's the line uh, between uh, you know uh, cowardly giving and courageous giving and how actually that's the wrong question. And uh, that was a really great episode with Andy uh, Dowdell and Seth Stewart last last week we talked about courageous serving uh, with Kelsey and Eddie and we got to talk about um, why do we serve whom do we serve what's the end of our serving and how do we serve with great courage day after day after day and uh, man this has been such a challenging inspiring um, series uh, for me to be able to sit in on and be a part of so uh, go back and make sure you've listened to all those episodes they've been really great we're gonna end our series on um, courageous faith and how it affects our uh, what we do as disciples by talking talking about going, um, you know, thinking a lot about the Great Commission, going to all nations, uh, going across the street. We're going to we're gonna look at what does it mean to go as a Christian. And so to, uh, to help us through that, we've brought back the dream team, as I like to call it. I teased you guys in the last episode as the dream team. Uh, we've got Matt Palmer, executive pastor here at Bridgeway, and we've also got Andy Edwards, pastor of missions and evangelism. And so um, we're really glad to have you guys back. Welcome. Mm. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. We're excited. <laughs> We're excited. Yes. So so excited. I love it. <laughs> um, well, man, I, I I'm really I'm really pumped to dive into this because um, I know that going is a huge part of both of your hearts, and um, and so uh, this is going to be uh, kind of like a passion project for for both of you. I know. And so um, let's start off. I've already mentioned the Great Commission. I think it's a decent place to start. Um, it's a classic going text. So. Um, Andy uh, or whoever has it open, can someone read that for us? And then let's let's kind of ask the question: What does the Great Commission mean when it says to go? Matt, did you have that open? Yeah, I've got awesome. it right here. So Matthew twenty-eight verse eighteen, and Jesus came to them, and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. Hold on, let me get my uh, where in the light where I can see this. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I use says, an iPad for my Bible. That's right. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so we have a, a verbal command at the top of that. Go, therefore. Uh, so, Andy, when yeah. Jesus says go, what does he mean? Well, I always <laughs> jump off to another verse. Oh, yeah. I, I like, you know, I like looking at other Bible verses because I think the whole Bible is there to tell us something. Whoa, hold on now. I know, I know. <laughs> John twenty twenty one is pretty huge. As the Father sent me, so as God the Father sent the Son, Jesus, then Jesus turns and says, so I am sending mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So going and sending it's it's all wrapped up together right so okay. god is sending us as believers somewhere to someone for his purposes mm. and i think it's always somewhere to someone and i even was thinking like what's the essence of going is on some level physical movement sure mm-hmm. yeah so i mean are we being too simple here no cuz there is movement that's happening and going so the question is physical movement to Question mark. Right. To where? Now, if you have prayed and, and the Jesus has told you, stay in Oklahoma City, then going looks like mm-hmm. neighbors, networks, marginalized, which you're going to hear those words a lot at Bridgeway, but it is going to the people in our neighborhoods and our networks, those people that we have ongoing relationships with, and to the marginalized in our city. But it has to be getting up and going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's... I, that's the kind of act- active part. And then when I think of, so what are we doing as we go? There's Second Corinthians 5. We are ambassadors for Christ. And then like this is it. God making his appeal through us, and he's called us to do something, to implore people on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what's on our lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's coming out of our hearts when we go. So what is our... I'm going to use the word calling, and we'll hit that in a second, but what is our calling as a believer in Jesus? To go and implore people to be reconciled to the one true God. Okay, so, I mean, right there, though, we, we've got, we've got like, a, something that would probably be countercultural for, for some people. Um, is our going primarily about be, like having the message of the gospel on our lips be reconciled to God? Is that why we go? Absolutely, why we go is so that people would be reconciled to God. How Mm. that message is portrayed or how it's presented to people comes through relationship and comes through doing things that God has called us to do on the earth, to take Mm -hmm. care of the earth, to cultivate our neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. to... Um, when you think about language of like the farmer, like what is his, I mean, he's got some responsibilities Mm. to plant and then to water and then to see grow and then to reap and then to produce for the city. So it's, it's layered. Uh, We can, it's, it sounds simple just to say, implore people to be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. But in every action that we do, as we're serving, as we're giving, as we're around others, what has to come out of that at some point is that imploring them to know the one true God that loves them and right. has come to rescue well, them. Well, I mean, I think about an ambassador. An ambassador might go to another country with a message from the president. You know, it's go and implore that emperor, uh, let my people go. No, <laughs> but you know, like right. like he's got a specific message and, and he, is, he is going there to take that meeting and, and deliver that message to that person, right? To a place for a person. But is he going to have to do a bunch of other things on that trip? Is he going to have to carry himself in a, in yes. a certain way? Is he going to have to uh, to treat everyone around this emperor's delegation in a certain way? Yes. 
Um, and, and so I, I think that 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 is that's, that's a good way to put it. It's layered. I like the farmer analogy too. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that one. That it's like, what does a farmer do? Make food. Yes. But are there other things involved in that? Do you have to maintain your tractor? Yeah. Is that making food? No, but it's part of it. And, and like when we start to try to compete those against each other, we end up missing that it's all part of one big picture. And I think a lot of people want to com- like try to like make combative. Well, social justice is opposed to. Yeah evangelism and mm-hmm. like you know or or some people want to want to use social justice as like like in a mercenary way where it's like i'm just trying to open a door and it's like they're not serving people for a reason other than yeah that and it's like well you're, you're trying to compare something that doesn't need to be compared it's all a farm and yes it serves the purpose of making food yeah but it's all important well and that's where i got some of that just from martin luther and some of his language mm, on vocation that's great because everyone's if you have a vocation yeah mm-hmm. it needs to be done to the glory of god and then take opportunities within that vocation and take the the really the moments that you have to implore people around you to do that and that doesn't mean you're going in and you're naming your company <laughs> some right. cheesy name that has some Christian thing on it. But right. it's like, as you go, as you work, as you serve, you are you are representing the one true God because you are an ambassador yeah. in every place that you step, the Holy Spirit goes before you mm-hmm. and is preparing people's hearts, which, ha- I mean, how often do you guys really think in your everyday life, as you're walking into a store or as you're walking to the park, that the Holy Spirit might have gone before you to prepare someone's heart to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm not thinking like that. I, uh, so often yeah. I'm not. And I ask the Holy Spirit, like, wake me up yeah. to that so that going right. is more than just going to the park. So so that's interesting then. So it's not just physical movement. You, you said it has to at least be physical movement, yeah. but it's not just physical movement. It's uh, it's physical movement with intention, with expectance. Like, is that the right word? Expectance? Expectancy would yeah. be like, absolutely. It, think about you're driving in your car with your family or with mm-hmm. your friends and you're going somewhere and you pause for 10 seconds and go, Holy Spirit, might you be shifting the atmosphere of this place we're going and have an opportunity mm-hmm. for me to love someone well, to share the gospel, to pray for healing. to, But yeah, it's expecting God to move in places where we're headed. Mm. So it is going in like, I'm driving somewhere, I'm walking somewhere, I'm running somewhere. But it's also going on the side of like, God has already gone before yeah. me. But mm. I don't think about that so often. Mm. Is that what the is that what the therefore before the go in the Great Commission is there for? Where it's, it's like all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. I'm doing stuff all over the world. It's mine. I'm working, and I'm sending you into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't think I've ever thought of that, that. There's a difference between moving and going, and the difference is expectancy and intentionality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Matt, what are you thinking as we're talking about all this? Yeah, all this is really good. I, you know, for me, the, the the things that my heart catches on to is at the end of the Great Commission, it, as it's in Matthew, Matthew 28, verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the yeah. end of the age. So for me, for me, going is a component of my intimacy with the Father, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things that the Lord's been doing in our hearts as we continue to step out and 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 live with courageous faith, being being willing to do these things, is that it, those things are rooted in in a different dimension of intimacy with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think about going as another opportunity to partner with Him in an intimate way to do the things that He cares about the most. Yep. Whether that's 
whether that's at the mall or at the grocery store or um, even at our church in our church building and or where or in Sylvania where we'll be mm-hmm. uh, we'll be leaving in, in a couple of days for that. Um, I, I you mean God, God actually out of his love for me invites mm. me and commands mm. me and calls me to participate with him. Yeah. In an intimate way, in doing the things that he cares about the most. It's amazing. I'm in. Yeah, I'm I can't, in for that. I, I can't get away from this. That um, the interesting thing that's happened in every single one of these courageous faith episodes that we've done, the, there's been a consistent thread throughout all of them, and it's been that um, the act, whether it is reading our Bibles, serving others, giving generously, now going, whatever it is it all spawns from a place of intimacy with God. Hmm. uh, Everyone's gotten there their own way in these conversations. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do we, how do we give? Well, just spend time with the giver, you Mm -hmm. know, like how Mm -hmm. do we serve? Spend time with the, with the server. Like, right. Why why should we read our Bible to spend time with the one who's there? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's all about intimacy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, surely I'm with you always. So go Mm -hmm. like that. Going is an act of intimacy is crazy. Like that's so revolutionary to me. And then that's been the first thread. The other thread has been that it's all about, um, getting more of God Mm -hmm. that it's like in, in going, I'm, I'm going from intimacy to intimacy. Is I'm going from God to God, and that that not only is reading my Bible um, coming being born out of my intimacy with God, it's giving me more intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Not only is me serving coming out of me communing with the server, but I'm getting served more by the server. And now we're seeing that with going is that as I go, yes. I'm going because I've got this intimacy with the father that I have to share with others. And as I do, boom, he meets me there with more of himself. Mm-hmm. So that's really good, Matt. Mm-hmm. I really, I really love that. Andy, anything else uh, about great commission and like what it means to go or anything like that? that you no, but I, I love that you were like, spend time with the giver. Yeah. Spend time with the one who gave us the word. But I and I thought like spend time with the goer. Yeah. Right. Like the one yeah. sent. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows come on. everything yeah. about going. That's yeah. good. So why would we not, as we spend time with him, it begins to like come out of us like I have to go. Yeah. And and whether that's across the street, which is a yes. Mm-hmm. And it's not there's not that scale like we talked about last time. Across the street. Uh, that that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> New York, oh, Slovenia. Yeah. The deepest parts of India or Bhutan, yeah. that's the 10. Okay. Right. It's all going. Right. And and we're sent because the sent one is sending us, yeah. which is, I, it just continues to blow my mind. But I, I think where I like to go with this conversation is this mysterious calling. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point because a lot of people want to, to they're waiting for a call. Mm-hmm. You know, I just haven't been called yet. I just haven't been called. I, I'm so, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm receptive. I think it'd be a great idea if God wanted to call me some point, but you know, I'm just going to keep doing my thing, being faithful here. Uh, I just haven't got the call yet. So, you know, I'm just not called to go. So is that, is that the, is that the kind of person that we're talking to here? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think <laughs> that's, I think at some point that's all of us, right? Like, yep. yeah, oh, definitely. Know, he's going to call, especially, and it's going to be this voice. And, and JD Greer in his book, Gaining by Losing says, why do we need a call or a voice when we have a verse? And I wanted to add to that when we have more verses than we can count on being a believer means going, mm-hmm. means being sent. So, so it's deeper. So, it, it, so I don't even. That doesn't mean that if we look through the book of Acts, we don't see moments like in Acts thirteen with Saul and Bar- with Paul and Barnabas. There was a real specific call in that moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yes, is there a calling for some? 
to be separate to do this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think we can all say, Holy Spirit, we want to hear that if you have that for us. Definitely. But most people don't go because they're waiting for, for that, that instead of opening the Bible, which is God's the voice. supernatural <laughs> word of God, his yeah. voice to us saying, Acts 28, or Matthew 28, 19, mm-hmm. go. go. John 20, 21, you've been sent. Mm-hmm. Acts 1, 8. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're to be a witness to the uttermost so, parts of the mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, and we don't have to spend a lot of time there, but I thought I would tease out this one point. So we like to say at Bridgeway, everyone gets to play. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shift that even to everyone is called. Everyone has a role to play in the fulfillment of this great commission, the, the fulfillment of God's mission to rescue those in the world. And it's not just pastors. It's not just ministers or full-time vocational church leaders that are going, but it's everyone. Yeah. And so it took me back to Acts chapter 8. Um, how did the gospel spread like wildfire in the early church? I think we would say Paul. Oh, <laughs> It was Paul. It was the minister. It was the guy that was called. It was the guy who mm. met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so I want to read this one part in Acts 8. It says, um, right after Stephen was murdered, it says, And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered mm-hmm. throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. And then we stop there and be like, okay, so all of them they were scattered. And then it, no, no, there's a comma. And it says, except the apostles. Right. They stayed in Jerusalem while every normal, everyday person (laughs) was scattered to the region. And then what did the scattered people do? Thank you, Jesus, that you gave us your word. It says, now those who were scattered did something. They went about, so went, sent. They were were going, preaching the word, Mm -hmm. the good news, the gospel. They were imploring all people to be reconciled Mm -hmm. to God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first time the gospel went out into the world, it was tens of thousands of everyday people without the apostles. Mm-hmm. Wow. Without the unique called ones. Yeah, I was like, isn't that there isn't that what apostle means? Called one? Yeah, sent, called one yeah, sent, sent, sent ones. One. And they're the ones who stayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what classic like God to do just something upside down. I love that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that, Andy. Thank you. That is so good. I learned that reading from JD Greer. So well, I want to go ahead. I want to keep you, But JD. it was the Bible. So yeah. JD just pointed me to the Bible That's and said, right. remember this. And I started oh, thinking so good. 99% of the people listening to po- this podcast are not pastors. Right. So that means you that are listening are like these. Yep. You're sent into the world to preach the gospel. And it's also so interesting that the catalytic event that led to this widespread uh, uh, you know, m- movement of the gospel to Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth was persecution. Yes. Like it's not, it's not when everything is like lined up and there's plenty of money for the mission's budget and I've got my supporters lined up and I've got a good support system overseas or what, you know, all those things are very good. If you can have them, you know, bully for you. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, man, <laughs> God can use the worst situations to catalyze a movement for his gospel. I think that's amazing. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and nothing's yeah. going to change his plans too. Oh, I, I think, right. You know, we do the best we can to, to follow best practice as it relates to going, especially when we send people to the nations. That's right. But also, isn't it comforting that nothing can thwart the plan of God? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super comforting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I think that's really helpful, um, this whole idea of calling that I just, I'm waiting to be called. And it's like, man, you have. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the pioneers of of our of our faith and as evangelists and those to whom we should look to as heroes weren't really the apostles 
they, they were, were the, the un- unnamed. Yep, the unnamed. Yeah, the unnamed scattered ones. And like, man, that's us. Like, I can be an unnamed scattered one. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I can, I can resonate with that. I can't resonate with Peter. He's just too cool. Yeah. Like, he's way too on the radar for me to be like, I could be like Peter, you know? Mm. But like someone who just happened to be moving moved around the around their area and ended up in who knows where maybe by random i mean maybe that's why people don't feel called is like man i don't even know if i'm here on purpose right you know but it's like man you imagine being a scattered one yeah yeah and people look at uh you know paul and barnabas in acts 13 and like okay but so there was but you know who planted the antioch church we don't know (laughs) but it wasn't an apostle (laughs) Mm -hmm. so the church that sent yeah. Them out mm. was planted by everyday people. The first missionary, mm-hmm. Philip. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wait a second. Not, not an apostle? Man, this is really messing mm-hmm. me up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting out there today thinking like, I'm an unnamed, mm. I'm just an average person, then you are the one called. Yep. Like, like I hope, I hope mm-hmm. we can start to have that language. Like so when we're in our community groups and we're like, hey, we're called. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, let's go together. Yeah. And let's talk about how we're doing this at work or, or how we're doing it with our neighbors. Or, man, there's some in our group that there will be this like real specific calling. Uh, I think about uh, Kelsey and Lacey. Mm-hmm. And things have lined up through their life that have moved them to a place of just Japan. Yep. Okay, why Japan? I don't know, Kelsey would say, but there's something that was real specific about his heart for the Japanese people, yeah. the Japanese culture. There was a trip that happened in his past. So there is something specific there. But what he's doing is what God's calling all of us to do where we're at. It's just going to be a long ways away from here. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was actually just talking to Kelsey before we went on air and uh, asked him if he would, wouldn't mind coming and sharing his story of why he's going and why Japan and like how that, and especially for a guy like Kelsey, who he was dead set against not going, like mm-hmm. he was not, or he was not going to go. Like that was his thing. And like, God has just worked slowly to get him there. He, so I think, I think following this episode, we might do a little story with him and his wife, Lacey mm-hmm. on like, that would be awesome. why they're going. So, so, awesome. so we'll tease that here. Do so. you remember what was his, something in his bio was like, I'll never leave Oklahoma unless it's in, in a, a casket. casket. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like that's yeah. how committed he was to here he was. until he's prayed one day. Oh wait, I'm I'm someone said <laughs> some person said <laughs> mm-hmm. pray if you're called to stay, stay here, not right. pray if you're called to go. Yeah. And when he prayed that, God said, No. Yeah. It's yeah. time. Wow. Look at this other place. Yeah. So that calling's come to all of us. Um the calling to go. Um and I just wanna uh, we're gonna we're gonna shift into like so what does it look like to go in different contexts real quick? Uh but before we do that, can you can you guys uh um, humor me here to just get biblically theological just for a second. Oh God! Um, I just I think this is helpful to know that I, I think for a long time I viewed evangelism as this um, New Testament Christian thing that was like I just got to tell I'm supposed to tell people about Jesus, but I know ne- I didn't understand that it was part of what God was doing to reconcile the whole world and all creation to Himself. And so just to give us a tiny bit of context, I'll do it in the in the smallest amount of time possible. But like you know, in the beginning. God put Adam and Eve on this earth to work with him to spread the garden over the whole earth so that the whole earth might become a temple garden where humans and and God could live together, right? And we messed that up. And instead of propagating God's image and taking his good news to the world, we stole from it and grabbed it for ourselves. We broke God's world and spread our broken image around the world instead. So God then restored his promise to Abraham and said, I'll make you a blessing to all nations, Mm -hmm. right? All nations, 
right? Go to all nations. We're, we're, it's the same kind of thing there. And and so he, he raised up this kingdom of priests, which is what Israel was called, that all of them would be God's representatives to the world. And then they didn't do it. <laughs> they broke down too. And now we as the church are the inheritors of this Abrahamic covenant and this covenant from Eden that we will, we are the ones now. And the reason why we can do it is because we're inhabited by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We are yes. God's Eden temple now to go and make the Eden temple around the world. And so what we're doing is we're not trying to convince people to join a religion. We are healing the world again. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we are bringing Eden back so that at the end of time, when Jesus returns, he will make the whole world his dwelling and we will live with God again like we were meant to in the Garden of Eden. It's so like that's why we go. Like that's why, that's what evangelism is, is it's bringing the kingdom and the presence and the Eden and the temple of God to the world. So I just mm-hmm. want to like quickly give a Genesis to Revelation view of that's evangelism because awesome. I mm-hmm. think for me that's been so changing in like, I, th- I feel like evangelism for me has always been kind of mercenary in a sense where it's like, I- I'm just, I got to get a few notches <laughs> in my belt or something. And right. if, I, if I haven't converted someone by the time I die, I'm probably not going to get into heaven or something. Like I haven't been a good Christian, but mm-hmm. it's like when you realize the good news of what you're a part of, it's, you just feel like you're swept up in a bigger story. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That was just, so, my, yeah. And, and for just a, man, if you're interested in understanding that from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. and even God's heart. As a, as a sending God, a missionary God from the beginning yeah. to the nations, you have to think about perspectives. It's running right now, right. but it comes and every what, semester. What is, you know, tell us what, a little bit I about mean, what perspective is. Basically, it's a 15-week class on that. Like, what yep. is God's heart? Because I think what we do is we lock God into a, oh, he became a compassionate to the nations God in the New Testament. And right. it's like, no, no, yeah, right. from day one, yes. God had a plan to rescue the nations. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it comes out all through Psalms. Mm-hmm. When, when, when he says, declare my goodness, he doesn't say declare it to your friend. Right. He says to declare it to the other nations, to the unbelieving nations, declare my goodness. Why? So that they would see my goodness and have opportunity. Because yeah. I think we think, no, those were the bad people. Right. And so uh, perspectives, this 15-week class, is that only a Bridgeway thing or is that offered elsewhere too? It's all over the city, but it'll happen. And usually spring is kind of the, the main focus, but next spring there'll be two, one okay. at probably Bridgeway and one kind of south of okay. Oklahoma City. Well, we'll put a link to the perspectives yep. website on the on the description of this episode. So hopefully if there's one in your area, you can join in. That's yes, really it's all over the country. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Awesome. Well, great. Yeah. Go and check that out. It's it, We highly recommend it and we use it here at Bridgeway. So, um, okay. So... Uh, we are called to join into this uh, this eternal work of God to reconcile the world to himself, to bring his presence to all nations. Um, how do we do that in our own context? Where we are, we are called today to go. We, we, we have received the call to be sent. Um, what does that mean? Do, does that mean I have to leave Oklahoma City? Or, or can I be sent, you know, in... Edmond, Oklahoma. Like, what are these? What are the contexts in which I can go? So, start with like vocation. Start with your. Okay. Most people have a job, and I even just wrote just a few jobs down, and I'm I'm even leading off with this one, moms. Because what happens? We say job, and half the people go, yeah. But what's my no, moms? Your role is vital. Yes. And what that looks like in mm. your kids' lives and being sent to them. Mm-hmm. You're like, but I'm not. I might not leave my house and my kid. That's you're right. going to your children. Or stay-at-home you, dads. Your stay-at-home well. dads, yeah. yes, all the way around. So moms, dads, teachers, mechanics, because I think we always go to lawyers, doctors. So it's like <laughs> baristas, restaurant yes, managers. Right. And then I, I read this quote that was, serving Jesus at work is about doing your work for the glory of God and the benefit of his creation. Yeah, right. And leveraging 
appropriate opportunities to make disciples through those relationships as you go through life. Mm, that's really good. So as you go through life, didn't say where. Right. Now here I'm gonna, but I am gonna put a little yep. spin on it here because whatever you're good at doing, do it well for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And then JD Greer says, <laughs> do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God. Yes. Right. Whoa, wait a second. Yeah. So if I am an awesome engineer and I'm in Oklahoma City, can I do it well here? Absolutely. Yeah. But I would also say there are places in the world that need engineers that have no gospel representation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So think bigger than that. Think, right. think mm-hmm. not just here. So I think that's where I would start. When yeah. I think about what does it mean to courageously go in different contexts, I would start with where we live right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we can say we can talk about neighborhoods and to the world, but where you work yeah. is huge. Okay, so you touched on a couple things in your vocation then. Uh, one, uh, I think we actually got to unpack a bit in our serving episode last week where we talked about what it means to serve. Because you talked about like, do what you do for the glory of God where you are. And you mentioned baristas, you know, and they are they are recreating God's good earth, in my opinion, by <laughs> brewing coffee. So that's good. Yes. Um, and so there's, there's, you know, that's the whole idea of like the value of work, the value of vocation, that what you're doing matters. And that um, whether, what, no matter what you're doing, that if you're doing it for the glory of God, you are a part of of cleaning up God's world, making it good, yes. tending it. Like there's value and worth and glory in what you're doing. And as you're doing that, I th- I, I'm trying to remember the, the phrase exactly, but you're talking about you, you find appropriate circumstances. Or? Leveraging appropriate opportunities, opportunities. to make disciples, to right. um, implore others around you yep. to be reconciled to God right. in that in your everyday relationships. Right. And again, it doesn't have to be this, I think sometimes we're like, so that's that awkward moment. Yeah, right, exactly. No, you've yep. built relationship. Yep. Yeah. And, and you're, yeah. you're, they already know something because it's in your language. It's de- your Deuteronomy sixing. Yes. You're like, Shema statements are already <laughs> happening. You're right. talking about God because you love God. Right. And then there are opportunities that, that the Holy Spirit will bring that are like, this door just opened. Mm-hmm. I'm walking through it. And I think that's a really good thing to remember is that uh, a lot of times I feel like we we have this like, okay, I guess today's the day I'm going in as an ambassador to my work. And it's like, I've got to have one awkward conversation or else it didn't happen. But I like the idea of what you talked about with like praying with expectancy, entering mm-hmm. work with... Ex- could it be that God came here beforehand and had, had something mm-hmm. for me to do? And could it be as simple as... Um, taking the lowest place, like we talked about last week, and serving someone, and like so, there. Yeah, it doesn't just mean having the awkward conversation. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really good. And I think let me read this. And I want Matt to speak into this because he's got just a lot of experience in the mm-hmm. business world. Yes, and he does. So Martin Luther was reflecting on Psalm one forty seven, which says, "God strength strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheat. So that's all God's responsibility, Mm. right? He's doing that. And then Martin Luther says, how exactly is God doing those things? How does he strengthen the bars of the city? By city planners and architects and politicians (laughs) who pass good laws to protect the city. Well, how does he bless our children within our midst through the work of teachers and pediatricians? Mm. How does he make peace in our borders by means of good lawyers and police officers? How does he fill us with the finest of wheat by farmers and factory workers and restaurant owners? Luther believed that every believer must discover how he or she is gifted by God to develop his world because this is in large part how followers of Christ fulfill their callings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that like, okay, God is doing all of this right. within 
our vocations, our jobs. Mm-hmm. And so, Matt, how, how mm-hmm. did you see that play out as you were in the work world? Yeah, <clears throat> man, all that is really awesome, mm-hmm. really, really rich. I, I think for me, one of the things I have to that that the Lord has taught me is is um, and this is going to sound super simple, and I mean okay. it too. Uh, it's just not to overthink all this all the time. And so, if it if it really is true, just from my perspective, if it really is true that I love Jesus the most, um, then that means that means I want to love what He loves the most. Yeah. And and that is His redemptive work in this world. Yep. That's His transformative work in this world. And so, when I think about going. Um, and certainly when, when we were in business, we thought about it this way, um, is it, it's a, it's a, it's one I get to go, but also because if, if I love Jesus the most, then I want others to know who Jesus is. I want others to know. And, and, and could it be, and Andy's touching on this and both of you are talking about this, could it be, and we believe it's true that, that he, the Holy Spirit's doing the work. It's, it's not our ability to save people. It's not the words that we use. Yeah. It's not our ability to do it right. It's not our ability to do it enough. It's, 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 not, it's none of those things. Now, I think there are some helpful things in being persistent and thoughtful and committed and all those things. But at the end of the day, the flesh counts for nothing. The Spirit mm-hmm. causes the growth. Yeah. So if the Holy Spirit's in charge, then I, I can automatically take the pressure off. Of yeah. myself, which is such a big deal, and now yeah. I get to just be the way that God made me. Mm. I get to be the the way that God made me, and in being the way that God made me, I get to point to Him mm-hmm. as famous, as the most famous in my life. Yeah, right. So I I think sometimes we. I think sometimes we overthink it and we start to we start to think about these plans of going and these strategies of going and and I think I think out of an overflow of a dynamic amazing heartfelt passionate relationship with Jesus you will evangelize mm-hmm. you will care about restoration wherever you go whether yep. it's at Target or Sprouts or Bridgeway Church or to another nation you, you're going to you're going to be looking for ways just out of who you are to see his redemptive work happen yeah and um and we've seen it we've seen it in so many ways we've seen it in grocery stores we've seen it in community groups we've seen it in certainly around the nations and the work that God's calling us to into other countries we we're seeing him build his church yeah. and pursue his people. So yeah, that's really good. So we we've talked a bit about vocation. Um, I know there's there's also like neighborhoods and networks, right? That we're called. To yeah, go and to. I would put network and vocation because that's kind of okay, the people right. that you're just the people you're around day. all the, the time, around every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. neighborhood is where I would shift into like. Yeah. I mean, can we be intentional in our neighborhoods? Mm. And again, this, I, I have to say this because what people immediately think is, so have the awkward conversation on the street. And I'm like, no, the overflow conversation on the street, which I love what Matt just said, because if this is true, if he, if he is the one we love, yep. Jesus is, is everything, then it's this overflow conversation as you go for a walk. But I would say go for a walk. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. maybe that's the go. Right. Yeah. Invite people around your table. Make space for them. Right, these kinds of things. The practical aspects of going into the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pray yeah. for your neighbors. Yes. Like as you're walking and you don't run into anyone because it's thirty six degrees outside, but you decided to go for a walk. <laughs> pray as you walk by homes yeah. that, that, that God would give you opportunities to share, opportunities to serve, opportunities to love. Guarantee you in your neighborhoods there's probably a widow mm-hmm. that 
oh my goodness, the going is mm-hmm. serving her mm-hmm. or him. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does that look like? I think neighborhoods, it's just, we just live in a society and in a, I guess our country just says drive in, shut the garage door, mm-hmm. right. take care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And we would say, open the garage door, sit on your front porch, go for a walk, Initiate actually go to the park. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Ask good be questions. good neighbors. Be good friends. <laughs> Stop, be the, Matt. Yeah, be the things that everybody wants. Right? The, everybody wants a good, good neighbor. neighbor. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Everyone wants yeah. a good neighbor. I mean, for me, just for me, one of the things that we do is, and we try to be as relationally as possible in our neighborhood. But you were talking about praying through. So um, every Friday, I try to get out and, and take my dog for a walk and get some exercise. And along the way, we're claiming this neighborhood for mm. the kingdom of God, and able to highlight specific houses and praying for those families and praying for those households. And then and then there are two schools that I pass that are in my neighborhood. One of them is an elementary school and one of them is a middle school. And I'm purposeful to walk by the front doors of both of those places and mm. ask God's spirit to be to be present r- right then in that moment during the school day for the for the children that are inside those buildings. So so that's a going moment. Yeah. That's a going moment. It's it's walking, it's taking intercession into the neighborhoods, into the streets, into the places where the people are and asking God's kingdom to mm-hmm. come powerfully. Which I, I guess like we get that example a bit in um, Acts where it's like what's the first place Paul went to in every city? A synagogue. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, that was a religious center, but it's also where people were. You know, especially people who were going to be open to this kind of a thing, uh, to seeing how Jesus was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so, um, but then you also see Peter going, or Paul going into the Agora, you know, going into the marketplace, you know, the mall, mm-hmm. right? The grocery store. That'd mm-hmm. be the, the kind of uh, 21st century equivalent. Let's mm-hmm. let's read that verse, because th- this is this has blown my mind Great. for the last six months. Acts 17, 17. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he reasoned in the synagogue. Great. Yep. With the Jews and the devout persons. And in the marketplace every day. So every day he was going to the marketplace, mm. listen to this, with those who happened to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Happenstance, right? Yeah. Who, and then we know that none of them happened to be there right. because God is sovereign. Yep. But he was sharing the gospel with those who happened to be there. Let's take the pressure off and be like, there are times when whoever happens to be around us, God is in the going, is right. calling us to pray for them, to initiate conversation with them to ask a good question, Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. what their name is, and then a follow-up, hey, do you hang out here much? Mm -hmm. Or like any way to get them into your home or... So, but I love that. I'd never seen that until probably about six months ago where I was Mm -hmm. like, everyone who happened to be there, (laughs) yeah, we're to share the gospel with a lot of people. Yeah. You know, build a relationship, ask the Lord to work. Yeah, Yeah, and that's sort of the the thing that we're touching about, not overthinking it. We tell people all the time, you know, it's when we go out into the malls and we we think, okay, let's pray about who we're supposed to talk to. I don't do that anymore. I just pick the first person I see. (laughs) Whoever happened to be there. Yeah, whoever happens to be there. Oh, you're (laughs) here. So biblical. You're here. So biblical. Yeah, you're you're about to experience the kingdom of God right now, you know. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so, and then do you want to talk a little bit about city? Yeah, and, and city, again, would there be overlap because yep. networks in your city, yep. neighborhoods in your city, and sometimes when I think of for the good of a city, which would be God's heart, right? Yes. He wants to see city, he wants to see cities flourish yep. um, for, be, uh, for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I just think about the city and I think about the good of the city, I start to think lean towards those with little to no voice in our city. Mm -hmm. Who is taking care of those kids who their education is 
terrible. Right. Like, or who's an advocate, whether it be in politics, that's one side of it, which mm-hmm. sometimes I try not to dive into a lot, which maybe that's just, I get, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yes, in, in these areas where little to no voice, that's what we would call the marginalized. Right. Mm-hmm. Those in our, the poor, the refugee, massively looking at our underserved communities and saying, what does that look like? And then you think at Bridgeway, so who do we partner with in our city? Shiloh Summer Camp, right. mm-hmm. a, a place for underserved community kids can go and experience a week of camp that they might never get, but they're loved. They're learning about animals. They're learning how to plant seeds that would then see growth. Mm -hmm. They're learning things about taking care of their city that wouldn't happen without those organizations. And Mm -hmm. so I think even for our people to go, who do we partner with? Like, do we partner with Sparrow Project? Why? Because they have this heart for this refugee in our city or the refugee community who that they don't have a voice right? and they're underserved. So when I think of the city, that that's immediately where I run to. And I think God's heart is like, boom, connected. Like yeah, definitely. he wants to see the broken, the hurting, those that don't have a voice. We are to actually be a voice mm-hmm. because we know Jesus, we're to be a voice for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And because that's who we were. Oh, right, we were we yes. were spiritual orphans. Mm-hmm. We were we were we were impoverished in our sin. Uh, we were imprisoned to death, and God came to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so good. And so, um, and then the last thing uh, in terms of context is world, all nations, ends of the earth. Huh. We we we've talked. I'll, I'll link. To, I'll link to the episode. We talked a little bit about how do I know I'm called to the nations in mm-hmm. an older episode, um, but also. I mean, like, what does it mean to be called to the ends of the earth? And um, where sh- where should we be thinking about moving? Where should we be thinking about where the greatest need is? Those kinds of questions. Like, when you think about being called to the ends of the earth in the 21st century, it looks a lot different than Asia Minor for, Absolutely. you know, Acts. So what, what do, what's, what's a 21st century version of ends of the earth? I mean, you of course you have your 1040 window. Yep. Um, which, go, go Google that and you'll understand what we're talking about. But... When I think about there's full-time missionaries, yes. There still need to be full-time supported missionaries Mm -hmm. that are going into India and Bhutan, Turkey, Japan, and serving there, whether it's with English language centers, uh, whether it is literally going and saying, we are here for those who have no voice. Mm -hmm. Now, how you get into some of these countries, this is where I think when we were talking about vocation, there is this shift that's happening that we need to make sure we're talking about both and because a lot of people say, but how? But everyone can't be a full-time missionary. Right. And actually, if you start looking at the numbers, we already have like 2 million people that live in the 1040 window that are doing business from the United States. Now, let's just say a, a quarter of them are believers. Yeah. Well, that already trumps tremendously the, <laughs> the, the full-time missionaries yeah. that are there. And mm-hmm. so when, when we say... Whatever you're good at, do it well for the glory of God and do it somewhere strategic for the mission of God. That's when we're asking you to say, if you're a teacher, if you're an engineer, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, if you're in the medical field at all. Oh, man, yeah. You can get into any country and all countries are looking for business. They're looking for entrepreneurs. And the doors are like, there's not a crack in the door. Nope. It's wide open for business people. Now, how to get there, it is not easy. No. And we need to understand that. And especially if you're going somewhere that speaks another language, you're going to have to do 18 months to two years of intense language acquisition. So it's a, it's a cost. Yes, definitely. But I can promise you, if we would start expanding besides full-time missionaries, of course, that's one way. Businesses is one way. And then the other thing, to the ends of the earth, 
also means you be playing a part in sending people to the ends of the yeah, earth. Yeah, that's right. Which I'm sure was talked about. We talked about a it a couple while. weeks yep. ago. Mm -hmm. And then we don't think about this one, but mobilizing people. Mm -hmm. So like right now, I get to mobilize people. We have a family, the whites we talked about going to Japan mm -hmm. in about 12 months. We have the, the twos going to Taiwan in less than three months. Um, Ferguson's Germany. Right. Like uh, Stroud's New York City to reach unreached people groups. So I get to mobilize people, not just because I'm a mission pastor. Uh, we've got people in our church that are mobilizing them more than I am mm -hmm. because they're like, how do I get them stirred? Perspectives, things like that. Reading a book sometimes right. oh, can, yeah. can do it. Mm -hmm. You know, let the nations be glad. Okay, Ooh, it's yeah. Piper. Right. Could it blow your mind? Yes. But man, it could stir your heart to yeah. see that the nations are, it's necessary to get there. And and we've said this, and I'm going to say this statistic for the last time in a while. I'll not keep repeating it. <laughs> but only 0.4% of all global workers in the world are in unreached places. Yeah. So just let that sink in. We keep talking about that. So 99% of global Christian workers are in reached places. Yeah. So at some point, we have to we have to keep talking about we it. We got to get out of Judea and Samaria and yes, get to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth yeah. is now. And if you come into Bridgeway now, you're going to see this big map, and we're going to talk about the ends of the earth. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that's great. I think it's really helpful. Uh, let, let's land the plane here. Let's 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 then ask this question: What is courageous going? Right. If 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 we've been defining courageous faith as doing what God said is good, even if the world says it's bad, <laughs> even doing what God commands, even if the world says that's stupid, right? Um, you know, risking, what do, what's courageous going? What, 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 what's, what's on the table? Or like, what, what are we talking about that distinguishes courageous going from I mean, anything else? I mean, aren't you risking your reputation every day when you proclaim the gospel to people around you mm -hmm. at your work? Now you say, ah, is that is that a risk? Well, mm -hmm. I mean, on some level, you don't know how people are going to respond to you personally, and right. the problem is we take it personally and yeah. are like, oh, they rejected me, not Jesus, or whatever. Right. But so I would just say, courageous means actually imploring people to be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. And again, we might say, why isn't everyone doing that? Because it actually takes courage. Yeah to tell anyone about Jesus because this culture makes it odd yep. or mm -hmm. weird or we think it's going to be awkward when we have the Holy Spirit living in us who's working in people around us. Right. So I would say an act of courageous faith is actually an act of opening our mouth because of what God has done for us and sharing the gospel right. with them. And you might think in this cultural moment that um, you know our world um, in America here is becoming increasingly secularized. And not only that, it's becoming increasingly wrong to talk about absolute truth claims, especially in the realm of religion. And um, and so it might be like, yeah, that was fine for the apostles to just make absolute truth claims about Jesus, but they didn't live in this world. Yeah, you're right. They lived in a much harder one where they were beaten and stoned and things like that for saying that that this Jesus who died on a tree was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. Yeah. Like not only they were under religious opposition from those within their own sect right? Their own little section of the religious landscape of the Roman Empire. But then they were also under uh, governmental persecution. They were dragged before emperors and sentenced to death for what they proclaimed. And so like, actually, we're living in a much more tolerant time yeah. than they did. And so uh, I think you're right. I think courage is actually getting the words out of your mouth that you believe in Jesus Christ and like what he's come to do for that person that you're, you're talking to. 
and that t- that does take courage. And um, I, and I even think, and Matt can follow up on this because this is his personal story. But I mean, three men immediately I can think of in our church who have left high-paying positions. So the world would look at that and be like, no, mm. that that would be that that's almost foolish. Right. Or actually, mm-hmm. that's probably foolish. Yeah, right. And yep. they have all done it to do a variety of different ministry opportunities, whether it's overseas or whether they actually left and just stayed right here in Oklahoma City to do something else mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel. I would say that's courageous going. Yep, because absolutely. The world says don't do that. Yep. So Matt, mm-hmm. I, I know you tell a little bit of yours just kind of as we wrap up. Yeah, for, for me, it, it all goes back to intimacy. I, I say sometimes, I always tell people, especially business people that ask me about my decision to leave the business world and enter back into ministry, which by the way, we should mention, God is moving powerfully in the marketplace yes. and we need we need spirit-filled business leaders that are excellent, that are in fact are world-class at their craft. That's correct. We need them creating jobs. We need them creating opportunities. We need them creating atmospheres and cultures where you can mention the name Jesus at mm-hmm meetings and stuff that businesses do. So I want to be really clear. But for me, the journey towards um, this version of courageous going really is purely rooted in intimacy with Jesus. I tell people sometimes, um, you know, you experience Jesus in in, in deeper ways and deeper ways and deeper ways and deeper ways. And when you think it can't go any deeper, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. (laughs) And then sometimes your job changes. Uh, that's good. You yeah. know, so that that's the way it did for me. The 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 thing that I think about too, just to to um, connect to the conversation you guys were having about obstacles or maybe why we would need to be courageous. I want to remind us is that there's an enemy, right? That that yep. is at war against us, and and he hates the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. and he hates. And so, you know, there's there's a place to depend on the resurrection power of Christ that is inside of us, and His voice is louder, right? Yeah. His authority is stronger, Jesus' authority. And so sometimes when we march into some of these places, and it'll, it could seemingly look fine on the outside, but it could be a really dark place in terms of of what's happening in there spiritually or the spiritual atmosphere of that particular area of town or in that particular store or in a particular home in your neighborhood. Um, but I, but I think it's important to remember that we have been made courageous because of Jesus Mm. and the gift of the Holy spirit. And we can depend on his authority, not ours. That's right. So I think, I think those things are, are key. The other thing that I think about, um, is, um, two things. And I realize this word, this is a weird word for a lot of people. Uh, I just find it more fun going. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Oh, is yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I I want to go and, and pray for the sick and prophesy and share the gospel. And, um, and certainly it is hard. And it has meant a lot of different things in my life that are not easy. Yeah. However, I, I love partnering with Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. Like, yeah. I'm like, I walk into the mall now and I'm like, what are you going to do, God? What's about to happen? <laughs> right. And that, and that for me is fun to be on adventure with him and to learn to value and cherish the adventure that we get to go on with him in a very short amount of time that we have before we see him and we're mm-hmm. in heaven. We're actually here just for a very short yeah. amount of time. And so we think of it as we think of it as an adventure that he calls us that in a moment he could have sent his angels or he could have done something whatever he wants to do to see Oklahoma City come to Christ but he didn't he called us he mobilized us yeah. yes. to carry on the work that he gave us which is just incredible yeah which is just amazing 
So it's fun. And then finally, I think, I think for me, I'm just listening to you guys talk. I, 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 I finally feel like I feel um, confident that, that our role and my role in going is to be a forerunner for the glory of God. Mm. So I don't want them to have an experience with Matt Palmer and right. I think, oh, Matt Palmer's so great and he's like really great and he talks really great and he's a lot of fun or I really like his personality or whatever those things are. I want them to experience Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that that we're about to have a conversation that's going to reveal the transformative work of Jesus and, and the king's about to step into your situation wow. right now. Yeah, And that is... That is a that's a forerunner ministry for the glory of God that we go out that we're sent out as ambassadors of reconciliation to point others to the king who's about to come the king who's about to heal yeah. the king that's about to save the king that's about to be glorified the king that's about to provide in 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 all ways and and this is all about his fame this mm. is all about his glory Wow. Well, I can't think of a better a better place to to uh, to end this five week talk on courageous faith. Um, I, I it was really born out of conversations with you, Matt, um, on why we should even be talking about this. So mm. I'm really glad that you kind of get the last word of this this series here, uh, which we we won't shut up about, but we're gonna we'll keep talking about it. Um, but man, guys, thank you so much thank uh, you. for those who have listened and for you guys for joining us here. Um, it's been a really great ride going through what we mean by our core value of courageous faith and how it shapes us as disciples. Um, we hope it's been beneficial to you. I, I think I, I think we can expect to have um, some stories coming up soon about people who are going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be a great follow up to this that we should we should make that happen. Yeah. I think it's really good. So look out for that coming up um, probably next week. We'll throw it together and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you guys for praying for us. If you have questions, you can email us at podcast at Bridgeway Church. Um, we, we are here to serve you and want to know um, how we can do a better job. So feel free to reach out to us. But until then, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast, where you will find a new conversation every Thursday. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com or you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BridgewayOKC or on Facebook at facebook.com slash bridgewaychurchOKC. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on the podcast, feel free to email us at podcast at bridgewaychurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on the podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the pastors and staff here at Bridgeway Church, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we will see you next week.